Hey everybody. I'm so happy to be here recording this video uh, for tomorrow's. Tomorrow's the 6th. I think it's the 6th. Um, June 6th, Tuesday live with Shaylee, pre-recorded live with Shaylee. I will be back with you guys live next week. Uh, I don't have exact content for next week, but I have a few suggestions that some of you have sent me via email. So I'll be picking from those. Um, Eustace, if you're listening to this or watching this, I want to say thank you for uh, your kind words, sir, and some helpful suggestions from you too. Um, anyway, today you guys are going to be listening to me talk for a few minutes. I'm going to get through this as quickly as I can. My battery life is low, um, so hopefully I don't have more than just this one take. Um, you're going to be listening to me talk about credit requirements and the differences of those credit requirements related to the different loan products uh, specific for real estate investors. There's Benny. Say hi, everybody. Um, you get a little peek into my, my personal life here. Um, all right, so let's kind of recap. Uh, so I'm going to give you what the minimum credit requirements are for some of the different loan products that we offer to our investors. Uh, and then I thought I would take a minute and go over um, credit optimization review. I know we've talked about it many times in the past, but I thought I would just give you a quick overview, quick, quick refresher. Um, so let's start with the uh, actual products. We're going to go over conventional, non-QM, commercial, the all-in-one, and then our short-term uh, money bridge loans, right? Fix and flip, um, uh, renovation, that kind of thing. So uh, we always start with conventional. I always start with conventional, and I took some notes because there's been some recent changes. So minimum credit score conventionally, you know, I have actually seen uh, 720 credits, excuse me, 620 credit scores get approved on a conventional Fannie Freddie non-owner occupied or investment property loan. Um, those individuals have huge compensating factors, low, low debt to income ratio or very substantial assets, liquid assets. Um, I would say that ideally you want to have about a 680 or better conventionally, keeping in mind that the lower the score, the more um, uh, hits you're going to get to your LLPAs. Reminder, that's loan level price adjustment. In other words, that means that if you have um, a, a 650 credit score, you're probably going to have a good half to a full percentage point higher in interest rate than somebody that has uh, 760 or better, which is really kind of that threshold optimum for conventional 760 and above all things being equal those individuals are going to have the same same uh, interest rate that they would secure at 760 and above and there's tiers right 740 to 760 could be one tier 720 to 740 etc cetera, etc cetera. so um and then the minimum trade line so this is the other thing and i don't know that we've spoken a lot about this right we talk more about the score than we do anything else uh, but there are minimum trade lines and the length of time that the individual has had credit also can play a role. So that's really kind of what I wanted to touch on more um, with regard to the individual product, uh, uh, product loan products and what's required in credit. So conventionally right now, currently, current guidelines tell us that there is no minimum credit score, right? I told you guys that I've seen a 620. Could it be lower on an investment property? Maybe. Um, ultimately, the Fannie Freddie loans, we're gonna run through the AUS, um, Automated Underwriting Systems. Fannie is DU, that stands for Desktop Underwriter. Freddie is LP, that's Loan Prospector. Those are the very sophisticated underwriting engines that uh, each of the GSEs subscribe to that has to be run in order to get an approval on a conventional loan. Um, the AUS findings will dictate whether or not it's approved, ultimately. So the 
actual guideline says there is no minimum credit score requirement. There's no minimum trade line requirement, meaning you don't have to have one or two trade lines. And a trade line would be a creditor, like a car or a credit card or a mortgage, um, and no minimum length of time. It's that AUS conventionally that's going to dictate that, whether or not you can get approved based on those variables. Uh, let's move on to non-QM. So non-QM, credit scores are going to be a little bit looser than it will be on, on conventional. Um, you can usually get away with a little bit more on the non-QM. Um, it's not U.S. It's not United States government-backed insured loan products. Um, so there's going to be a little bit more flexibility. So in terms of score, I'm going to kind of keep it similar to the conventional 650, maybe below that you can probably get it done, but I would say 680 or above is, is generally where you'd like to be, uh, for credit score purposes. And then for the trade lines on non QM, you need a minimum of two trade lines. So whatever those trade lines are, it's not specified. You need two minimum of two, again, a mortgage, a credit card, um, some installment loan, a car loan, whatever that may be. And the trade lines must be reporting for 24 months or greater. So you have to have had credit credit, or started establishing your credit for at least two years. And then finally, um, with activity in the last 12 months. Okay, so let me repeat non-QM. A minimum of two trade lines. Your credit history has to be a full 24 months, and there has to have been recent activity in the last 12 months to qualify for the non-QM products. Um, okay, let's move on to the all-in-one. Our first lien HELOC, everybody knows that's my favorite. You need a minimum of 720 as a credit score, hard and fast. No, no questions on a non-owner occupied. You have to have that 720. If it were an owner occupied or a second home, you could get away with a 700. Uh, minimum middle credit score. Remember, I don't think I mentioned this, guys, um, at the beginning. So for credit score, we're going to take a tri-merge, the three repositories, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, right? We're going to pull all three of those in a tri-merge, and we're going to take the middle of those three scores. If somebody comes to us and only has two credit scores, it happens, we're going to take the lower of the two, all right? On the all-in-one, non-owner occupied, the middle credit score has to be 720, if it were a second home or an owner-occupied property, you could have as low as a 700. Anything below that, you are not getting an, an all-in-one for a second home or a primary residence. And anything below 720, you are not getting an all-in-one. Now, if you're right there on the cusp, there's some things that probably we could do, optimization things that we could look at. Um, may not be too terribly difficult, but I'll kind of get into a little bit of that when I, I start talking about the review of credit optimization. Um, so that's the credit score for the all-in-one minimum of three trade lines you have to have no less than three trade lines and you must have a 12 month rating okay so that's the all-in-one um let's skip to commercial uh commercial and the bridge i think those are my final two um commercial and short-term loans um those are kind of uh decided as commercial loans they're they're going to be in that same range um you know, it's really going to be more about the property when you get to that place. I'm not saying that you don't have any credit requirements, but the the property and your debt to income ratio, if that's applicable, right? If you're not using a debt service ratio product, um, the amount of assets you have, your liquidity, all of those play a much bigger role. So um, there's really not going to be a, a, a metric that I can give you for those those two. Uh, you really have to look at the whole, the big picture holistically and everything having to do with that transaction. The property, the location, um, the product within that, right? Is it a debt service? Is it full doc? Is it more of a, a bank statement thing? Um, so 
really not not too much specific that I can give you there. I, you know, there are products that that on a commercial basis that they don't really have a lot of credit, or maybe it's it's a foreign national, for example, and that actually could be true for non-QM as well on the more residential side, longer term, you know, arm or 30 year fixed product um, where they're not gonna have a lot of, of established US credit. Or maybe they don't even have, sorry guys. Um, that's, that's Benny, you can see him. Stop it, <laughs> this is gonna be a fun one. Um, okay, so those, those are the, the five, right? We went over all of them. I think I gave you a, a very quick, good overview of what those are. Let's talk about credit optimization, just kind of recast some of the things that we've talked about in the past. Um, all right, so ideally, and these are just uh, over the years, the things that I have picked up, I am by no means a credit expert, um, but I know a few few things that I think are, are helpful to reinforce and to share. So um, utilization is the big one. When we start talking about credit score optimization, I think utilization is the one thing uh, that a lot of people are unaware of that can really bring down or bring up a credit score significantly. Benny! Sorry. Um, and the optimal is 30% utilization. What that means is, is that if you have a... I don't want to start this over. If you have a credit card that has a credit limit of 10000 okay, optimization and, and utilization, you don't want it to be more than 30%. So 30% less is going to be the best. When you get over 30, maybe into 50, it's still good, but it's really at 50% or greater utilization is when credit scores tend to take the biggest hits. Um, one thing that I would share with you related to credit score and how that um, will impact, you know, qualification and or interest rate if you know, let's say for example, and, and we have a lot of clients that do this, they have high balances on their cards. Maybe they've got points or they've got zero interest, it's free money, why wouldn't they use this? And they max out, or, or maybe they're doing some flips or something on the side or, or whatever it may be, but they've maxed out these credit, cord, credit cards. Um, that's perfectly fine, but as long as that communication is there between us and we understand what's happening, we can sequence things appropriately to say, okay, go ahead and pay those off. We're going to pull credit on the day of X. It may require that you call the creditor, um, the different credit card companies and say, okay, what day of the month are you going to report this, this trade line, this data tape to the repository? So if you have a Chase card, uh, you're going to call Chase and say, Chase, what day or what days of the month do you report the information related to this card? And they should be able to tell you that. So with that information, you'll make sure you communicate it with us. And then we can say, okay, knowing all of this, we're going to pull your credit on the 13th of the month or, or whatever it may be so that we know that that's going to trigger or when we take that snapshot of your credit uh, and get that score, it's going to be on the day in which the, the balance is at its lowest, a.k.a the score will be at its highest. So that would be an optimization trick. 30% or less utilization is key. Um, you don't want more than, f I would say, four revolving cards, okay? Stay away from finance cards, the Nordstrom's. Uh, ladies, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm in your boat, but um, those finance cards typically can have a negative impact. I'm not really sure why. Um, I think it's because uh, those are easier to qualify for and maybe the algorithm within the uh, repositories has some ding on um, the finance cards. So stick with the, the big banks, the cities and the chases and the B of A and the Wells Fargo or whatever, right? Um, just the actual credit cards. 
Now, if you have a Home Depot card and it's zero interest for two years or whatever it may be, use it. I'm not saying not to do that. I'm just giving you kind of the ideal optimal scenario. Um, the length and, and history of credit is also important. So let's say that you're listening to this and you've got six different credit cards and you're thinking, okay, I want to only have four. I'm going to give up two of them. For your purposes, you want to keep the one that has the lowest interest rate, obviously, but you also want to keep the one that's going to have the longest history, right? That depth of history is, is important to um, credit scoring. So when you're looking at all those variables and saying maybe you want to close an account and make sure that when and if you decide to close revolving accounts, when you call the creditor, this used to be a thing. I'm not sure it's, it's necessarily the case now, but it used to be, so I'm going to give it to you. Um, but it, within the report, maybe some of you that, that get uh, regular um, uh, your credit reports regularly through some free service or whatever, you've seen the ticker on there that says closed uh, by consumer, requested closed by consumer. That used to be a big deal. So if it isn't now, I could be wrong. But if it is, just go ahead. If you're going to close out an account, um, make sure that you communicate that to the creditor closed by consumer. Um Okay, mortgages, nothing can hurt or help a credit score more than a mortgage. So late mortgage reporting by accident or whatever is a very, very big deal. So at all costs, you never want to have a mortgage late. And if you do, and, and it was a total oversight, a couple of things I would say. First, do everything in your power to call the creditor, plead your case, um, give them the sob story, whatever it takes, just to, to let them know that you know it was a one-off if you can get them to write you a letter that specifies that it was reported an error on their letterhead with the account number in your name we could take that and have it removed from the repository and do what's called a rapid rescore um you know i've seen it happen it's not very common but i have seen that happen otherwise uh time is the only thing between you and that mortgage late and, and 12 months, 24 months is the only thing that's going to uh, make any difference to the, the score. You got to just bide, bide your time. Um, okay, we, so we talked about mortgages, uh, inquiries. Let's talk about inquiries really quickly. A lot of people, there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there about um, inquiries. I've heard everything from every inquiry is a five-point drop, a 10-point drop, a 20-point drop. Inquiries don't work that way. Um, credit scores are similar in some ways to interest rates in that they can change daily based on a variety of variables. Um, it could be the utilization for that day. It could be the amount of, of trade lines. It could be uh, new accounts being opened. Um, you know, it could be a lot of different things. As it relates to an inquiry, those algorithms, the ones and the zeros of the repositories that I mentioned earlier, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, um, what's happening is, is that inquiries from a variety of different sources, unrelated sources, is where you really start to see a negative impact on the credit score. Let me give you an example. So let's say that you just went out and you, you bought a home, okay? And then maybe you went out and bought a, a new motorcycle and a flat screen TV, maybe some new furniture, you opened up a new credit card, um, a washer and dryer, whatever. If you've got inquiries within, you know, 90 days, even up to 120 days, from all of those different vehicles or different purposes, that's when credit scores start to take a, a pretty significant hit. What's happening is, is that those algorithms, the ones and zeros, look at that and think this individual is about to become overextended. 
Now, there is a rule within the repositories that says that the individual is allowed to have their credit run as many times as they need to for the specific purpose of mortgage-related finance. And I want to say it's a 45-day window. So having your credit pulled as many times as you need to to shop around or whatever it is that you're going to do without it adversely affecting your score. So remember that. Um, we, we hear this very regularly where people say, well, I don't want you to pull my credit because X, Y, and Z, and, and you know they think that it's gonna hurt their score. That's not necessarily true. It depends on all those factors that I just went over. Um, regardless, it doesn't matter, guys, because we can do a soft pull if we need to up front. Let's say you've got some other things going on. You're just closing on something else and you don't want another inquiry to come up that they may find or they may see um, that they're gonna question, because um, that would be another thing. Like if you were, let's say that you were um, uh, finishing uh, closing on another property, okay? and we're gonna be doing the next one for you, we probably don't wanna pull a hard pull at that point in time um, where it could come up because the lender that you're closing the one currently with could say, uh, uh, what is this? Or if they see it, they're gonna say, what is this? Is this going to create new debt? And then you'd have to fill out a form and, and blah, blah, blah. It could be problematic. Um, I, I didn't say that as eloquently as I wanted to, but um, you want to just if you're in the process of doing anything else immediately, you probably aren't gonna want a hard credit uh, credit inquiry on um, uh, on your your credit report on your to your social. So a soft pull is perfectly fine and allows us to do what we need to do preliminarily if that were the case. Um, judgments, collections, clearly those are not gonna be uh, favorable. We wanna stay away from those. Uh, you know the rules. I think that um, bankruptcy is a seven year, foreclosure is 10 year before it, it naturally falls off. I could be off. Some of those um, th those rules uh, are maybe aged. I, I might have bad or old information on that, but it's in that, in that range. But to qualify, um, I wanna say that bankruptcy is two years and foreclosure is four years. I should, I should have that um, up to date in my, my memory cells. Um, I could be wrong on that too. I may have to get back to you guys on that one. Um, anyway, okay, so that's the review. I think that I've talked long enough now, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Um, as always, I, we are on standby. If you need us for anything, you know how to reach us, ridgelandinggroup.com, info at ridgelandinggroup.com, 855-74-RIDGE is our toll-free. Um, please email info uh, or in the community chat if there are things that you want me to be talking about or you want to have guest speakers come in and talk about i need to know it and we will accommodate and i will see you soon thanks for listening